All right, before I get to my next guest, Nick Bradley, I want to remind you about a few of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment, maybe a new driver? I'll tell you what, let me reset your thinking because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented square toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour, an average of 9 yards of distance. Independent tests prove it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to squares.com. That's S-Q-A-I-R-Z.com and get Squares 30-day money-back guarantee. Use promo code DISTANCE for $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. And folks, I wouldn't tell you about it if I didn't experience it for myself. I've never felt more stable in my golf swing, which allows me to swing faster and launch it further. Squares, the distance golf shoe. I also want to give a shout out to another new sponsor, Bionic Gloves. Do what you do better with Bionic Gloves. Whether you're looking to own the golf greens, improve your workouts, or get your hands dirty in the garden, Bionic Gloves has you covered. Designed with a hand specialist, Bionic Gloves feature patented innovations that help improve your grip. The strategically placed anatomical relief pads also prevent calluses and blisters while the web and motion zones allow for greater dexterity and flexibility. Head over to BionicLoves.com to find the perfect love to up your game. And I want to remind you about our friends over at Zexio. Back in 2001, Zexio Strixon began making clubs for men and women, and they've improved on those clubs every year since. I was fit for a set of Zexio 10 irons by a great fitter on their staff. He got me dialed in, and they feel and perform fantastically. They are by far the best irons I've ever played. They are light. I have picked up nearly 5 miles per hour in swing speed, and they're deadly accurate. Every part of Zexio clubs are made exclusively for Zexio. Like I say, everything is light and balanced. Swing weights are made to give us the highest smash factors. The best part of getting fit for Zexio clubs is hitting it higher and straighter than ever before, changing your game. Zexio clubs are a Golf Digest Hot List Gold winner for 2021. Congratulations to Zexio Ambassador N.B. Park for her five-stroke victory earlier this year at the Kia Classic. It was her 21st victory, and she did it using Zexio 11 Woods and X Irons. Ernie Ells and top instructor Martin Hall are Zexio Ambassadors as well. See why and how Zexio can help improve your game. Go online to ZexioUSA.com. That's X-X-I-O-U-S-A.com and pick which set is right for you. Okay, now next on the tee with me is Nick Bradley. Nick is one of the top instructors on the planet. He's originally from London, England, but he's lived here in the States now since 2005. He has helped winners on every major tour. He helped Justin Rose go from number 125 to number 5 in the World Golf Rankings. He worked with Kevin Chappell, who won three times on the Corn Ferry Tour and finished third at the 2011 U.S. Open. He has instructed students to eight national amateur titles. Juniors to two national titles. He served as key motivational and inspirational director for the 2014 and 2016 European Ryder Cup teams. He's currently working with Nick Faldo and Paul McGinley and our partners over at Squares Golf. He's written four best-selling books, Kinetic Golf, The 50 Secrets to Great Golf You Don't Know Yet, Letters to an Evolving Golfer, and The Seven Laws of the Golf Swing all of which you can find out on Amazon.com. He's been published in just about every major golf publication out there, 
And it's great to have him with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Nick, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much for having me. Nick, you've done so many great things for the game of golf through your instruction. Take us back to when golf started for you and when you knew that being a golf instructor was what your passion was. Yeah, it was quite a late development, really, for me in my life. I was actually a swimmer from the age of seven through to 21, but took up golf at 16 and um, sort of got fed up competing against 14-year-olds who are a foot taller than me. So it wasn't wasn't very good in the swimming pool, like diving in and having to make up that extra foot. So I I took up golf relatively late at 16, but I, I had... Four friends of mine at school who were all very good players, and in order for me to play with them and catch up and and get good, I just took loads of lessons. Uh, I uh, read every book, I watched every video. It was the time of Nick Faldo and David Ledbetter, so teaching was uh, was very much in vogue, and swing changes and all of that. So I just developed a natural affinity for finding out what. One person was doing better than the other, whether that was physical technique or whether that was some sort of thought process or concept of the game at all. And uh, it just led me on a great journey. You know, by the age of 20, uh, I, w- you know, I turned pro at 19. Uh, by the age of 20, I was actually on the European tour teaching already um, uh, my, my player that I was caddying for. And it all kind of like took off from there. And I moved to America the first time. In 94, um, understudied David Ledbetter down at Lake Nona and then went back to Europe and did my, did my own thing until I moved back out here in 05. So really it was the fascination of how, uh, one person can have success doing ABC and another person thinking they're doing ABC doesn't have the success. And it was really trying to identify what the differentials were that fascinated me and still does. Nick, talk about Dr. Paul Morrissey, who he is and what he's meant to you over the course of your career. Paul Morrissey and I go way back um, to when I was doing my preliminary work on the European tour. And uh, he was an osteopath um, in London. And I worked very closely with Paul um, on several of the players that I was coaching on the European tour. He had a fantastic uh, relationship and reputation with the players getting them out of trouble, uh, preventing injury. And it was just really through the study of human physiology and bone structures and certain joints and what have you that I started to realize that everybody's golf swing was really at the mercy of their physiology. Um, and that is, that is a truth. Um, you can only do what your body allows you to do. And so kind of like, you know, when I wrote my first book, The Seven Laws of the Golf Swing, in 2002, I was really the first guy to undress the golfer and let, you know, let's take a look at the sternum. Let's take a look at the capitate joint. Let's look at the ilium at the top of the hip. So I, you know, that book has gone on to sell over a hundred thousand copies around the world. And I think it, it's done so well in five languages because the imagery and the, and the truth of the golf swing is really identical. And it was through that preliminary work in my mid to late 20s with Paul Morrissey that really uncovered um, the fact that, you know, as I say, you are at the mercy of your physiology, good or bad, when it comes to your golf swing. And Nick, like I mentioned in your intro, you helped Justin Rose 
make a quantum leap, go from 125 to number five in the world golf ranking. You mentioned you, your work with David Ledbetter, and he, and he had been working with Ledbetter, but made the switch over to you. And it was almost, I, I, what, from what the timeline looks like, an immediate positive impact. How did you meet Justin? And then what, was the, what were some of the things that you must have noticed that helped you step right in and help him make that huge jump? Well, I, you know, I grew up one county away from Justin. He's from, uh, Hampshire and I'm from Surrey, uh, back in London. And, um, you know, his reputation had preceded him kind of like in the late nineties playing county and England golf. So kind of like, you know, I, I knew of him obviously, but it wasn't until 2004, uh, one of my students, Philip Golding won the French Open on the European tour. And the next year I was out in South Africa. And I bumped into Justin on the range and he was struggling and kind of like that, you know, I helped him out a little bit at that tournament. And then, you know, a couple of tournaments subsequently after that in 04 and 05. And it was really, you know, he was, you know, not doing well with David, uh, has to be said. But, you know, as coaches, we all have times when players do well with us and when they don't do so well. So, you know, it's always an oscillating sort of relationship. But, um I, you know, I had a good rapport with Justin and I felt that I knew uh, what he needed, which was part physical, part mental. So with the physical side, I really, I kind of like changed his swing plane a little bit. I got it a little bit flatter in the left arm and really worked on his transition through the ball. I got it a lot softer with the knees. I, I shallowed the planes of the body. So um, he was less kind of like over the top with his hips and, and getting jammed. And then really with um, his psychology, um, the first, the first tournament I ever went to with Justin, um, you know, he kind of like had pizza and Coke for dinner. Um, so, you know, there was, there was some like reframing to do in terms of, okay, no, you're an athlete. I'm sure Tiger's not doing this, you know, especially at a golf tournament. So I really had to bring in a business plan and a structure, uh, the way that he went about his, you know, he was doing less practice on the range. Under my philosophy, he was doing more kind of like in the hotel room. Uh, I started to do introduce meditation with him where I would actually craft these documents um, where I would like put him under and talk about like the Masters in 2007 or the, you know, US Open at Oakmont or whatever. So I would say, look, this is how you're going to be. This is how we're going to do it. This is how the crowds are going to. So I would almost preempt the situation for him. So nothing really shocked him. And so. It was really a, an amalgamation of, you know, a couple of things in the physical domain and a couple of things in the mental domain that kind of like pulled it all together and gave him, uh, you know, a lot of clarity. These, these golfers, when they have no clarity and no direction, that's really when they start chasing shiny objects and going down rabbit holes. So I, I think I provided uh, a, a good a good amount of clarity for him. And Nick, talk about the importance of visualization. Not just, you know, in, in a, in terms of a career and I want to visualize winning a Masters or winning a U.S. Open, mm -hmm. but just on the golf course in general, visualizing the shot, visualizing, uh, visualizing the result, those sorts of things. Talk about why that's important. The brain, the brain is really an electronic element. You know, it, it survives off of different brain waves, um, you know, alpha, beta, delta. And, but the most important one in golf is actually a theta wave. And these are all frequencies. It's like, you know, it's like an old radio where you're trying to tune into a station. 
And you definitely play your best golf when you're tuned into a theta wave. So what is a theta wave? Well, when you start to get your, your heart down to a resting heart rate and you start to enter into this theta wave, it's really the best time to start visualizing because what it does is it pulls together your visual uh, imagination and what you want from a shot, what you want to be, you know, your body language. So you can craft any image that you want. And under the theta wave influence, it actually starts to speak to your physiology. Now, we've all experienced this because we've all been kind of like almost in a dream state and like woken up, you know, in kind of like a bit of a shock or you've been behind the wheel of a car and you've kind of like, you know, your mind's gone wandering and you've had to pull yourself back together again. Um, so, you know, this, this is something that really people stumble upon, but they really don't have to. So visualization is absolutely critical. But if you blend it with, if you blend it with a certain breathing technique, which then encourages like this theta sort of, um, brainwave, okay, you get into another state, which is called autotelic. And there's one easy word for that, which is flow. So in all of my studies, you know, the easiest part, frankly, Chris, is the golf swing. I mean, we have TrackMan, we have obviously the radars, we have 3D, 4D technology, we have false plates, we have great equipment now. I mean, if you cannot build a world-class golf swing now with everything at your disposal, you're, you're frankly in the wrong game. So let's leave that off the table. The, the next things that are going to, um, you know, create the next jump start in golf performance will not be golf swing technique. It will be how the mind works, your, you know, your neurology and how you prepare, uh, for each tournament. So, um, you know, the golf swing to me, you know, uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to take players to world number one, to European number one, et cetera, et cetera. I would have to say that in all of that, sure, I made golf swing changes, which was probably 35, 40% of the deal. But it was the knock-on effect, the management strategies that I put in after that, that made them organic business plans and not just golfers. So let's take that a, a step further, Nick. And we talk about the mental side of the game on this show a lot. And in your book, The 50 Secrets to Great Golf That You Don't Know Yet, you talk about <laughs> stoicism. Talk about yes. what that is and how it can improve our thought process. So with my full-time juniors at Traditions, one of the, one of the mantras <clears throat> that's in the classroom is your career is not defined by the people you beat, but by the golf courses you overcome. And stoicism, one of the key things, takeaways from stoicism, which, you know, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, and all those guys back in the Roman Empire, one of their main philosophies that really embodied um, uh, stoicism was what you what you can't control, you shouldn't care about. So golf is one of those perfect games where can you control the weather? No, but you can control yourself. Can you control other competitors? No, but you can control yourself. So there's many, many different sort of distractions that golf throws at us. But as long as you see the truth for what it is, and it's me, my 14 club, half a dozen golf balls, and what I bring to the table, what I bring to the golf course and my knowledge of the golf course, that in a nutshell is the only controllability you have in that situation. Everything else you have to man manage mentally. 
okay? But you don't concern it. So there are certain things with stoicism, certain wisdoms that I would say the the main the main takeaway from stoicism is efficient thinking and non-concern and non-worry about the things you simply cannot control. That is that is the main takeaway from stoicism. And as I say, my students, you know, embody that with that one phrase, which is your career is not defined by the people you beat, but by the golf courses you dismantle. And Nick, did we see the poor focus kind of play out this past weekend with with Harris English and Bryson DeChambeau? They got they sort of got into uh, you know Bryson with the with the Brooksy things and all that sort of stuff going on, but the focus they get they sort of they started to play poorly. Things started to spiral out of control. They let the outside things sort of come into their world and really start to you could see it started to impact their ability to focus, and then they both played poorly, you know, throughout the back nine. Is that a case where stoicism and a lack of focus really came into play and we watched it happen on Sunday? Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, in those kind of situations, um, that's when that's when a really good wingman or wingwoman uh, on the bag is absolutely critical. I've been so lucky in my career to work with some of the best caddies in the world, whether it be Mickey Doran or Mark Fulcher, Fooch on Justin's bag. You know, I mean, um, you know, even Paul McGinley's Edinburgh Jimmy, who worked for Ed, uh, Ian Poulter early in his career. You know, in those situations where you're walking down that back nine, to have somebody switch your focus from, um, you know, narrow external sort of targets into a wide external where you're switching off. You see, it's, imp- it's impossible to walk around the golf course and have an intense focus all the time. Because simply put, you're burning calories. And if you're burning calories, you know, all of a sudden now you're starting to uh, play under fatigue and, you know, you're producing less serotonin. So you're feeling less good about things. So, you know, fatigue training is actually one of the things that we do quite a bit of. So, you know, to look at the guys on Sunday kind of like losing focus, I, I would say it's probably got less to do with outside of golf course stuff like, you know, the, the Brooks and Bryson show. Uh, but it's certainly, you know, for those people that lose focus on the PGA Tour, that is why communication with your caddy is absolutely fundamental because they can either refocus you or unfocus you. Unfocusing is not a bad thing. Because it, it's less intense and you conserve energy. So look at a great caddy as a, a great jockey. There sometimes they pull in the rain, and sometimes you know they have to give them a little clip with the whip there. And so, um, yeah, uh, you know. And, and one last final point on that, apart from the focus, is that a great caddy will keep you on track on how to play the golf course. What was the game plan? And when you take unnecessary risks. Okay, and when the ego says we can push here, when really the hole isn't there for pushing, that's when you get unforced errors. So I'm a great believer. I'm a huge believer in caddies and the role that a caddy can bring to a great player. I think that with a great caddy, two heads are better than one. And I think in that situation we saw on Sunday, I think that's when a, a, a future a Steve Williams really earned their money when they pull the player in and retighten or unfocus, as I've just said, the player's mentality. 
Nick, just a couple more before I let you go. And you have a very popular instructional video out there right now called the eight minute swing cheat. And without giving away what's in the video, it involves a joint that we can unlock to get more distance and accuracy. Talk about what people are going to learn when they get this video. Yeah, I mean, it really stems back to my work with Paul Morrissey and uh, understanding uh, biomechanics way back in the day before it was even fashionable to talk about it. And so really, you know, my work with Performance Golf Zone or Performance Golf is, is really to take the 30 years of instruction and 30,000 lessons that I've given and, and all of that and kind of like boil it down into the most helpful uh, most helpful instructional program, I guess, that I can give anyone. So basically, I teach the I teach the customers how to number one make sure that they really unlock and uh, uh, unlock their potential by unlocking the the capitate joint. But then the the program goes way deeper than that. It you know it goes into you know creating lag, creating speed, creating dynamics. You know, so that's why it's called the three hundred dis- plus distance system. Is because I mean even today. Uh, I was shooting some video today down in Hilton Head, and we had our first guy today, I mean, had, uh, you know, not a great hold on the golf club, so I really made sure that the handle of the club was in the right part of the hand. I showed him how to unlock that capitate joint, and with no exaggeration, uh, he, he hit it 25 yards further, simply because, again, I repeat myself, your swing is always at the mercy of your physiology or your concept. So, you know, with uh, Performance Golf, I've really enjoyed working with such a professional team there and being able to get my message out with probably the most fundamental, uh, the, the most fundamental thing that you can, um, you can give a golfer, which is the opportunity to maximize potential in every other part of their golf swing. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed the work. Nick, you also partner with one of our friends here on this show, one of our sponsors, Squares Golf. And- for folks who are tuning in for the first time tonight or they don't think a golf shoe can help them add distance, talk about why square shoes actually can. Well, it's amazing. You know, uh, I mean, I was with, uh, I'm not going to mention any names, but I was with the, the biggest shoe manufacturer in the world for 16 years. I was one of their elite staff um, on the advisory panel as well, and that was a great privilege. But I got sent a pair of Squares golf shoes, I guess. Wow, it must have been March 2020 now. And uh, I put them on and I played with them and I simply couldn't believe the stability. For me, it was the stability. Uh, other people will find other benefits. But for me, uh, I've always been fast with my legs and my footwork's always been, you know, a little bit suspect in my golf swing. Um, you know, we all have our faults. And, um, but I can honestly say that with Squares golf shoes, they've got the widest base. They've got patented laces. I mean, the whole thing has been designed around stability and speed. And all, not just somebody's, you know, wacky idea in a laboratory, but working with the, some of the top foot doctors, top, top athletes, people like Jean-Jacques Rivet in France. I mean, just absolutely amazing stuff. Um, you know, that I brought to the table as well. You know, I worked with uh, Jean-Jacques Rivet in, in France, you know, with people like Justin Rose and his work with Ian Woosnam and all these fantastic ball strikers. And so all of this really comes down to a golf shoe that is so solid that it harnesses power. There's no wasted energy. Now, 
if you think about these comfort golf shoes, you've literally, if, if you can turn it, toss it is what we say. And so you've got like an injection molded sole, which is, you know, it's just literally a piece of rubber, but you've got these, this soft upper. Well, that's like we're frankly wearing a pair of flip flops. You may have a pair of flip flops with the greatest sole on the planet, but you know, you're never going to be able to move with authority and capture the, the, the forces that you need to put into the ground. So I love my squares. I love working with the company. Uh, Nick Faldo is a really good friend of mine as a student and I've known Nick for many, many years. And I know Nick would never put his, his name to something that he didn't fully believe in. So yeah, these golf shoes are truly different and truly a game changing experience for, uh, for the players out there. They, they, they really do feel different and they perform great. Nick, before I let you go, let our listeners know how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing? Check out that video that we we're just talking about. Get a copy of your books and follow you on social media as well. Thanks, Chris. Well, my, my main following is on Twitter, which is at the Nick Bradley. That's Twitter at the Nick Bradley. On Instagram, it's Nick Bradley Golf. So two pretty easy things to remember there. And my website is bradleygolf.com. And to get the book, simply just go where everyone else goes. Go on to amazon.com. Type in Nick Bradley Golf and you'll see all of my, my golf books, uh, pop up there. And lastly, uh, performancegolfzone.com. If you want to learn that eight minute swing cheat and, uh, learn about the capitate joint and, uh, release a few yards that you probably never knew you had, uh, go to performancegolfzone.com. Well, Nick, it's been great having you as part of this show tonight. You're fantastic. I hope you'll come back and do it again sometime. I will indeed. Uh, so, uh, thanks for having me on. Stay safe, Nick. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is Nick Bradley. The Nick Bradley on Twitter. Nick Bradley Golf on Instagram. Folks, you got to go check out that video. PerformanceGolfZone.com. Unlock the extra distance. I've been enthralled by it, so I'm looking forward to putting a lot of that to work in my golf swing. And then, obviously, our friends at Squares Golf. You guys know about them. They're, they're fantastic shoes. The best golf shoes. I have certainly ever worn and gotten a huge amount of benefit uh, since I made the switch as well. Nick's fantastic. Look forward to catching up with him again soon.